0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. But the, the story is told... Of Derek Prince's favorite position to pray was the same exact way. And he says that God never despised a time when his people would fall on the ground with their face on the ground to reveal his purpose. And it happened throughout history. Every time um, God moved mightily upon a people's life. So I just tonight, as we go through this candlelight service, I, I want to come before the Lord. And ask the Lord that He might reveal to us His purposes in this celebration. Because the pagans worship based on symbols and physical attributes. But we who worship God in spirit and in truth must come to the reality of these things. And, And many of those people who lived in the past didn't do so, they weren't able to see God. They weren't able to, uh, to perceive him in their midst. And I want you to be able to see God. I want to be able to see God in your family. I want you to be able to see God as he has come to manifest his reality. So let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight for your goodness in this place. I give you thanks that you are a powerful and mighty God, a great deliverer, you sustain us with your power and your might. Not only have you brought us into an everlasting light which increases as the noonday sun, brighter and brighter, we pray, Father God, that tonight the fire of your Spirit might come upon us and that we might be a light to those that dwell in darkness, that we might be those who reach out and are able to capture those that have no understanding of what the gospel has brought to this world. So allow us tonight to receive from you more than just additional knowledge that our lives would be lit candles through the... Powerful manifestation of your spirit. That our lives would be an example. That our lives would be interesting for people to walk in. That they would be attractive like insects in the night that fly to the light. That we, our lives might be attractive to bring many who are far from you. And that fruitfulness would be that which glorifies your name. That many should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Regardless of their background and their experience and their religious tradition. Allow your reality to be the power that brings many to your feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, The announcement of Jesus Christ and way before the festival of lights... Jesus would come, and the announcement was found there in Luke chapter 2, verse 32, that he would be a light that would shine, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory to the people of Israel. There's only one thing sadder or worse than seeing the light and experiencing the light and it's not walking in that light and and we have many of those people around the world that confess to know Jesus Christ that confess to know his word but do not walk in the obedience of what they confess and profess to know but he came to show us how to live and we should not only know how to live we should live in that manner We should live in the light that we have been given. And I I challenge you that just as we celebrate the Festival of Lights tonight, um, there's a feast that celebrates darkness, and we just went through that in Halloween. And I want to tell you that the world celebrates darkness more powerful than we celebrate light. That's sad. That we should move forth in this celebration that signifies something in our homes. This tradition of the Feast of Lights, it's known amongst God's people. It's in the same season as Christmas. You don't don't have to go very far to make this up because it had been celebrated even in the days when Jesus was a young boy. It was very customary for him to go to the temple and celebrate Hanukkah. And that's why they call it Happy Hanukkah. The word Hanukkah um, means dedication. And it, is all, it all has a historical context as you study the scriptures. Unfortunately, many Christians think that Hanukkah is just a Jewish feast and they're totally unacquainted with it and, and they criticize it. Well, you guys go around you know, lighting a menorah, and you guys celebrate Hanukkah, but they don't understand that these things were types and symbols of the Christ that would come that was the light of the world. And we'll see this, and we'll see how Jesus um, attempted to get people to understand who he was, just like we do. I don't know if, if you've ever seen John chapter 7, where Jesus is told by his brothers, listen, If you are the man you proclaim to be, if you got all the answers, why don't you go out there and tell everybody? And there it is in John chapter 7. And in verse 3, he says, His brothers therefore said to him, John 7 verse 3, His brothers, his own brothers said to him, um, Depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing verse 4 for no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly if you do these things show yourself to the world for even his brothers did not believe in him verse 5 right, this is this is this is crazy how many are struggling for people to understand what you're into you want them to see. And they're like, why don't you just show yourself? Go out there and tell somebody. And, and so Jesus was going through these same things. And his brothers, he knew he had something to offer the world. And they knew it also. They didn't believe in him. And then verse 6, he says to them, it, my time has not yet come. I'm not ready to go out there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing. But your time is always ready. You, you can start your journey. and you, The world doesn't have a problem with you, but it hates me because I'm standing against its works as evil. So that's the context of darkness and light. And, and the festival of lights obviously is not much celebrated in a dark world. How many say amen? amen. it right, ludicrous. Ludicrous that your neighbors have no idea about the celebration of lights. And yet, Halloween, the Feast of Darkness, is a multi-billion dollar industry in the United States. Uh, This year, my neighbor, no lie, I said, how how crazy can this celebration of darkness get? He started some years ago with a six-foot kitty cat. A black cat about my size. I lie to you not that this year that cat was the size of his house. A black cat. I was like, this is crazy. We're living in a nightmare. How many say amen? Amen. It's just upside down and wicked and crazy. Who would ever think that that would be attractive? And so that's the world we live in right now. But the Lord desires that our light would shine. I I want to tell you that the portrait of a candle looks pretty, but it has no use. And a Christian who's not living the reality of his Christian life has no manifestation of that light. And and we are up against a a kingdom of darkness. If you go with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, uh, we see that reality. We see that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, and you guys, you know the domain of Satan is in the realm of darkness. He's an expert at the occult, of hiding, of doing things in darkness. That's, what, that's, that's, where, that's where Satan and hell has its strongest hold in those areas of secrecy. That's why the, uh, he advances when things are key, kept in the dark. And so there it is in Hebrews 6, verse 12, where it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Uh, remember principalities from prince, principles. There's, there's things that are established that promote darkness. Against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, and so that's what we're up against and and this this is far um, you know distant and deep um, whenever you're going to deal with something that is not from God, it needs to be manifest. And a lot of people would rather remain in darkness. They'd rather not be confronted. They'd rather not experience light. And so in a realm of darkness where the devil is gaining his strength, this feastable of lights is a declaration of war. And, and so in John chapter 3, Jesus says, this is... Reality that light has come into the world. There, there is, and this is not far, and it is not... Light has come. And why isn't it having its effect? In verse 19, John 3, 19, this is the, the, the result of what is happening. The light has come into the world, but men... Love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light because his deeds will be exposed. But he who does truth... The the light of the world is is accompanied by truth, and truth wants to come and establish the kingdom of God. And darkness uh, is the lies... And so he says, but he who does truth comes to the light, reveals himself, opens himself. One of, the, one of the first steps in Christianity is confession of sin. And you say, you know something, I'm wrong, I need God. And that's, that's, not, that's not just the first step, that's a lifelong journey of continuing to open up and, 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 and confess and put things out in the light. And I want to tell you that that has been our strongest battle in my personal life, um, bringing truth to people in my life. And sitting down with them and saying, look, this is what's going on. This, I'm, I'm opening up my heart. I'm, this is what I think. These are, these are my words. I don't want to keep anything hidden because there's power in that confession. And and you'll never, never, never break loose from the kingdom of darkness remaining in secrecy. And and our our traditions of Hispanic heritage is, don't tell your dad, don't tell your husband, don't tell your father, don't tell your brother, don't tell your sister, don't tell the neighbor, don't tell your boss, don't tell your teacher, don't tell, don't tell. And so we walk in deep darkness, deep darkness, We're not set free because of our inability to walk in the light. And and the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar because when you come to the light, he has no power on you. Years ago in my law practice, a gentleman, I had been talking to him about the Lord for a long time. And he he calls me one night. It it must have been at 6 o'clock at night. And he says, And it wasn't even church-related or or religiously related. I was his lawyer, and he says, I was coming home on a Friday afternoon, and I was going down 8th Street in my wife's Mercedes Benz, and I see this good-looking young girl on the sidewalk, and I stopped to say hello. And in a matter of seconds, I was arrested for soliciting prostitution. And... He was distraught. He said they, 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 they arrested him. They confiscated his wife's car. He, what, what does he do now? And he called me. He was desperate. And I told him, tell your wife. You crazy? Maybe tell my wife. Yeah, bring it to the light. Because the longer you keep it in darkness, the more destruction the devil will do. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the devil in my life. Yeah, but I'm going to lose my marriage. No, you're not. Because when you walk in truth, then God will help you. Amen. When you walk in the light, then you have the mercy of the Lord. Amen. And so he says, you're crazy. That's not the advice I wanted. I wanted the advice on how to get her car out of the, out of the towing company and how to deal with the, with the legal issues. And, and it was powerful because there was a price to pay for, if, if he told the truth, she would go down and get her car And since it was her car and not his, she would get it out for free. And he didn't even have to post a bond. So he was going to save a lot of money by walking in truth. And he says, no way. That's not what I'm going to do. So he went home. And I said, that's my advice. And he went home and he went to sleep. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, he woke up his wife. He says, i got to tell you something. Let's go in the car. He got in the car. He drove down the street. And he confessed to her what had happened. And she began to weep and she began to cry and she was angry. But she says, You know something? Thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for, for, for manning up and, and walking. Now now I, I can help you. Now I could stand at your side and we could go at this together. And the reaction she had really really blew him away because the devil will always make you think that darkness is a strong place. is a better place. It's not. He'll get a further grip on your life. That's his realm, the occult. So as the light of God continues to shine in our lives, and a lot of people won't come up and say what's going on, Um, a lot of people will not expose issues thinking that it's better, but it's always worse. Here it was in John chapter 10, verse 22. It was the winter time. It was December. It was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. So we know what Jesus was doing in a time and in a season like this. Verse 23 says... He walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. He's in Jerusalem. It is the wintertime, and he's walking to the temple like you have done tonight. And the controversy of his life, just like it is ours for this season, is people want to know if you're real. So verse 24, they asked him, the Jews surrounded him and said, How long will you keep us in doubt? Uh, said another way, how long will you hide from us, keep us in darkness? If you are the one that was to come, tell us plainly. Tell us in plain words. The only thing is that uh, there is no better deaf person, deaf with a non-hearing or hearing impairment, than the person who doesn't want to hear. There is no greater person. You, You can tell a person... 50 million times, I, I, as a pastor, I can tell you, Paul used to say, I'm not, I don't grow weary in telling you the same things. I'm, I'm going to tell you the same things. I'm going to tell you the same things. If you are the one, tell us plainly. Tell us in a way that we can capture it. Now, the background for this feast that Jesus was partaking in is called the Festival of Lights. That's why they were there. And how, how beautiful that Jesus is at a place where they're celebrating the Feast of Lights, and he shows up, and they ask him, could you tell us who you are and tell us plainly? And he had already told them. He had spent his whole life revealing himself, even his, his brothers, His brothers asked him to go out and show himself and tell if he was that. But if you go with me to John chapter 8, verse 12, you'll see that that's everything that Jesus was speaking. He says, and Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, it's not going to be He's not going to be married to darkness. He's not going to stay in darkness. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We were reading John chapter 12, where they're saying, Tell us plainly. Does he have to tell you any more plainly than what he just said right now? I am the light of the world. The Lord wants to show us a lot of things. And to have light is to have the capacity to see. And some of us have eyes and don't see. Because it's also said that there's no better blind person than the one that doesn't want to see. But he reveals himself plainly. In chapter 9 verse 5 he says it again. He says, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now this is couple chapters before chapter 12. And he continues to proclaim that he is a source of enlightenment, if you will. He's a source of clarity. He's a source of truth. And man continues to have issue with this. Going back to chapter 12, as they... Continue to struggle with him. In verse 35 he says. You're going to have light just a little while longer. Walk, walk while you have light. Before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in darkness. Does not know where he's going. That, that sounds like somebody's confused and lost. And you're never supposed to be confused. And you're never supposed to be lost. And you're never supposed to guess at anything. In the kingdom of God. In fact. A divination was a curse and an abomination. God did not like his people to be confused and lost. And he wants to reveal all things. We said that on Sunday. That he knows the end from the beginning. And if you ask him, he'll reveal it to you. And and that's a blessing. That, 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 I think, is the greatest peace that we Christians have. That there is nothing hidden... That God will not reveal. And God wants to address every situation. I pray tonight as we conclude the, the candlelight service. I'm, we're going to pray that God open the eyes of your understanding. That God would just reveal that which is in the layers. And, and the depth of darkness in your life. So that you can run. So you can, you can run to the light. And, and hopefully as we shared tonight. You're going to understand that, that we've done a poor job. We've done a poor job of promoting him as the light of the world as the world promotes their darkness. In verse 46, he continues on to say, I have come as a light into the world. This is all appropriate. As the Jewish people are celebrating the Feast of Lights, we're going to get into that and how that originated But here Jesus is in the time and in the season. And he says, guys, if you would just lend a little bit of opening your hearts and opening your minds and opening up your lives, I'm about to light you up. Not in the representation of candles, but your life is going to be a candle. The way you live is going to be something that will bear fruit to those that are in darkness. And so... Um, the teachings that, that the men who followed Jesus came away with, you could see it in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. One of those is if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in secrecy and darkness and lies, we lie and do not live by the truth. Truth, walking in truth and speaking truth, Reveals a capacity to to attain to a certain measure of fellowship. If we say we're connected to God and and we continue to have secrets in our life, we we just become a deception. We become a deception for many. And then my favorite verse there in verse 7, where it says, But if we walk in the light as He is the light, and this principle is in marriage, if you say, why, doesn't a, why don't a husband and a wife connect? Because there's a lot of lies. Because there's a lot of secrecy. Because they're keeping things from each other. That, that, that's a curse as a marriage. I thank God for shedding light in my marriage. And um, our conversation is pure. And the light of truth prevails. I don't have to keep anything from Yvette. I don't have to sit there and say I'm at Wendy's when I'm at McDonald's. I'm at the mall. I'm at my mom's house. Wherever the the case may be, there's that open expression. And when when you start allowing darkness to pervade and secrets, and don't tell my wife, and don't tell my husband, and don't tell your mother, don't tell your dad, that makes for a fragmented family. That makes for a family that, that is torn apart, that won't prevail, a house divided. And so I've used this verse for the last 15, 20 years to tell people that your capacity to be in the light is your capacity to have intimacy and closeness. Whether it be with a friend or a family member. Whether it is with God. Uh, some people keep things away from God. That's, that's a little foolish He sees all things. He knows all things. And then it's it's great, this, this aspect of having fellowship with another, it's accompanied by the blood of Jesus. Because we're not perfect. We can say, we drop the ball, let's pray. I want Jesus to wash me. I want to tell you the truth. I messed up. But there's forgiveness. And he cleanses us from anything that is uh, wearisome in our lives. Some prefer to walk in darkness. Some prefer that this life, and even as I speak, I, I feel the resistance of those that would rather choose the, the, the controversy of, of remaining in darkness. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. It says, those who prefer darkness over light. And, and prefer to walk contrary to the Spirit of God. There's, there's horrific judgment for those who put darkness for light, and they consider light a bad thing. I, I, th- I think at that level now, the devil has a stronghold, and some people got to get delivered. Some people have to get delivered and say, I rebuke you, Satan. You're a liar. You're a father of lies. There's no truth in you. The Bible says that Great darkness shall befall the earth in Isaiah chapter 60. It says deep darkness, all the people. And so it is common, common ground in in many realms. Isaiah 60 verse 2, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. People freak out at the reality of our Christian walk to not only know these things, but to live in them. And they're going to come because that makes for peace. I I want to suggest that, that a lot of mental illness is people keeping a lot of things in secret. A lot of things in secret. And nobody better find out about this. And my husband better not find out about this. And I better not, and nobody better find me. I had one lady show up to me and says, Pastor, be careful where you go, because people might follow you. That's, that the Bible says the wicked flee and no one's pursuing them. So what are you doing that you don't want people to follow you? And so praise God. The light has come, the light has risen. And so this is what the Bible says in verse one. It says, arise and shine for your light has come because the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I I want to see, I've I've seen it, but I I want to see it all the more as we dispel the lies. A lot of people have become very crafty in their ability to, (laughs) <laughs> the lord sees all things Amen. the lord sees all things and reveals all things and the things done in darkness he's going to shout from the rooftops Amen. it's just that's the way it is and so nothing remains in that realm and i've even told i, I said it last week i said some have the customary reality to be speaking i, I told you guys that some people will come to my office and says pastor i I go, don't say that. The Lord's hearing you. He goes, no, but I'm telling you. I go, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't keep that realm because God, God is, he's there. He's weighing the hearts. He's weighing the thoughts. If there's anything that should, um, should characterize us is the fact that we know how deep that darkness is because that's where we come from, 1 Peter 2, 9. We have been chosen as a generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own. We belong to him. To show forth praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can I challenge you that there's no greater peace than living with peace with yourself? And being able to, to say, you know something, this is on the table. I, I, I had a meeting uh, last week with my older brother, I said, listen, just for your information, I don't know if you care or not care, but I want to bring it out. I Just, just, just make sure that, that you know where I'm coming from and you know my heart, and it's out. And when you do that, you dispel a lot of the phantoms and the ghosts that, that, that the devil uses behind the scenes when you do not open your heart, when you do not share your thoughts. And so there is no greater measure of peace in a marriage than than telling how you feel and opening up your heart and making sure the devil's not lodging a big fat lie that he's building his horrific tower of terror in your life. That you reveal your hearts and that no one could get there but you. You're the one that has to, to bring it to the light, Show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Acts 26, 18, Paul is told, you're going to be an instrument of my hands to open up eyes of the blind, to turn people from darkness to light. That's the ministry God has given us. We need to be very good at that. And from the power of Satan. Where where's the power of Satan lie? In darkness. In darkness. The power of Satan is in darkness. The occult. That they might receive forgiveness of sins. If it's never surfaced, it remains. Hidden. And it's a stronghold. This is an inheritance amongst those that are being called apart by faith in him. So so it was 165 years before Jesus was born that the Assyrians had invaded Jerusalem and hated, you know, the devils hate our worship. The devils hate our worship. And the Assyrians moved into Jerusalem and they conquered what, what made, we were saying it last night, to the men's meeting, what made Jerusalem powerful was their worship. They were fearless. In the face of adversity, they're like, bring it on. I'm coming against you. You're not going to stop me because my God is big. So the, the enemies decided to go and blow out the target of their strength and capture the temple. 165 years. or um, You add some years to that because... It was 165 years where, where that Jewish family, one of the priests in Jerusalem had five sons. And his name was Matthias. He was a priest in the temple. Having five sons, when the, the Syrians came in, they overpowered the people in Jerusalem and took custody of the temple. And he wanted to desecrate. That means he wanted to contaminate the temple. And ruin it. How many of you know that the devil wants to ruin your worship? He wants to ruin your worship, man. The farther away I get them away from the place of their worship, the stronger I have on their lives. They have no power. They surrender. They have no inspiration. They give up. But if they're in worship, if they're connected with their God. So, so what they did is they, they knew that the pigs were an unclean animal. And there was nothing m- more... Um, more polluted than the blood of pigs. So the king of Assyria began to slit the throat of pigs and douse the temple with blood. And he says, if I could get enough stink on this temple, the Jews will never come back here because that's an unclean animal and now uh, uh, its blood is all over the place and so they won't be able to worship in the holiness of his presence. I, I, I don't know what was going on because this lasted for about two and a half years. And they dedicated the temple to the god of Zeus. They started worshiping another god in that temple in Jerusalem. What was that father telling his five sons? Imagine if they took this temple and I stayed with Joshua, Nick, and Brandon. We're sitting there saying, oh, baby, we need a plan. We need a plan because that's the place of our worship. We need a plan because we need to retake the boundaries and the territory of our God. And so Matthias dies, the father. Within two months of his death, his five sons gather a group of Jewish people. And they're going to go get their worship back. They're going to go get their temple back. The house of the God of their fathers, they're going to defend that, whether it costs them their life or not. There was many more Assyrians. The Assyrian army was a lot more powerful than these five young men in the natural. But in the supernatural, these young men had received something that they were not going to compromise, serving the God of their fathers. I, I wish, and as I was reading this again. And this is part of our candle, candlelight service every year. Um, I wish that we had the capacity to put into our children the passion to faithfully serve their God over all things. I wish we, we had that, that we could instill in them how powerful they will become. The Bible says in Psalm 112 that blessed is the man who fears the Lord. His sons will be mighty upon the land. I want to challenge you something that men who do not serve God with fear have children that are wimps. They don't raise world changers, they don't have a capacity because we were saying it last night in the men's meeting worship precedes prosperity. You guys don't like that. The women like that. I'm going to say it again. Worship precedes prosperity. If you're a lame worshiper, you'll never be fruitful. Your fruit won't remain. Look what it says in verse 2. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Psalm 112, now verse 2. His descendants will be mighty upon the land. The generation, those that follow those that are upright, will be prosperous and blessed. And it has nothing to do with uh, any financial help. In fact, my, my, my advice to men who stand to receive great inheritance is I pray to God you will lose your earthly inheritance that you might gain your eternal inheritance. Pray to God that you might come into the plans of God for your life and not the plans of God from your mom. And so that is reality. And so we see it there in Psalm 50. We talked about it because your worship will lead you to prioritize your life. In other words, your worship will drive you to your knees, and it's the grace of God that you need. Psalm 50, in the very last verse, he says, Those who glorify my name, and and let me tell you something, let's talk about it again. That it's pathetic our enthusiasm for worship. If you if there was a scale like they do, volcanoes and earthquakes, and all, if if the rumblings of your worship were on a scale, you'd probably be like a 0.5. And you need to be on a seven. Stir up some world here. You need to shake it. And people are going to say, this guy's a world changer. This guy's serious about his worship. And your worship is not that your pastor is on fire. Your worship is not that you go to a church where the pastor's on fire. Your worship, your, your friends and your family will say, you're on fire, or they'll say, your pastor's on fire. Hey, your pastor's crazy. I heard he wants to change the world. I want them to say, you're crazy. You want to change the world. Amen. You're crazy. You love God. You're crazy. You have bowed down to him. And so there it is in Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoever worship and glorifies God, whoever offers, you know, and, and husbands and wife are real good at pointing fingers at each other. Real good about uh, what's going on with... Listen, forget about it. You have the responsibility to worship God. Amen. You have the responsibility to order your steps. It says, whoever worships and praises God, glorifying me to him whose worship leads them to order their conduct so that it is pleasing to me. That you're waiting for your husband to get right with God and you're sitting in the back seat. No. You get on your knees as a family. If you're a son, and I got to talk to some some young girls here, um, you know, and we we did this at the Christmas gala. We we brought Suleika up and we said, Suleika, tell these people what you were doing at nine years old. At nine years old, her mom didn't care about God, her dad didn't care about God, her sisters didn't care about God, but she did, and she got the inheritance. She got the prosperity. She got the blessing. She got the open heavens towards her life. And so this is not about, no, my parents don't take me to church. This is about you. And so whoever worships right, and to him who orders his step based on his worship, your worship is not about me. I'm trying to to move in that direction, and I want to encourage you. But your worship is what are your children doing because they're going to imitate you, my friend. And your grandchildren, I, I saw somebody uh, yesterday was going around quoting Wayne Dyer, uh, a new age met- metaphysic uh, a demon. The children that don't have a godly inheritance that now are quoting people that don't even believe in God and the Bible and Jesus Christ because the parents are so lame in passing down. But something happened in this family. They were known as the Maccabees. They gave them that name because the word means hammer. They were were serious about their worship. Nothing was going to stop them. So the Maccabees took over the temple. And that's why they celebrate Hanukkah. Because when they reconquered the temple, they needed to rededicate it to God. So this Hanukkah is the word dedication. When they say happy Hanukkah, it's because during the time of the dedication, um, the lamps of the consecrated oil had run out. The lamp that stood in the temple of God, it it had seven uh, candles, and they they only had consecrated oil for one day. And they lit that candle and says, we're going to start putting things in place so God shows up again. And they lit the candle and it stayed on for eight days. And there was only oil for one day. So they call it the miracle of God multiplying the, sh- the light that was shining from that candle. It took seven days to consecrate oil. And so they only had oil for one day. And the miracle, I'm just going to read it right from uh, the historical context of that time. Where when they retake the temple, they were poorly armed and greatly outnumbered. But they won the battle against superior Syrian forces. And Mattathias did not see it because he died and shortly after his death his son Judas with his brothers entered the city and took back the temple and they spent several months cleaning the temple but in that first holy feast they began to reinstate the priestly service and they dedicated that that feast calling it the The feast of Hanukkah, the feast of Jewish ceremony, lighting candles to remember that time. And each family is to place a candlestick to celebrate Hanukkah. And so that's why they, during the Christmas season, as we celebrate the birth of the light of the world coming into the world, they celebrate the feast of lights, the feast of dedication. And it's all right there, and it's God's favorite scenario in any life that comes to him. And the men will learn this. I learned this. The first thing that God does is he wants to have light in your life. And and we see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3. He says, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of chaos, God says, let there be light. It's the first thing. God wants to build on that. And uh, we come from Hispanic roots. We would have said, let there be darkness. Let there be darkness. It's, it's amazing that some people have lived their whole life in deception. Their whole life in a lie. And they refuse to come to the truth. Ephesians 5.8, Paul was clear because he says until the true light of God comes into our life, we weren't in darkness. We were darkness. That that is too deep. I'm not even going to go there. that's, That's one of the areas of my life that has me a little bit... Concerned with worrying about what's going on in Stephen's life. Because I'm worried about what's going on in my life. Right? Because I, man, there's a, I, God has to show up here. And a lot of us are, we're good, pointing fingers. But I say, God, have mercy on me. And he says, but now you are light in the Lord. We're to walk as children of light. Tonight, I I pray that you move in that direction for your life. Because that light is the provision God has made. Um, I was telling the marriage group last Friday that we met. I said, God is not concerned about food, clothing, And housing, if you knew God's faithfulness, you would not concern yourself with these three things. The Bible says this is what the Gentiles look for because they don't know they have a father in heaven. Worried, stressed out, I can't worship, why not? The cares of this life. Well, let me tell you something God has you covered. You could enter into that rest right off the bat. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. What is lying behind your faithfulness in the spiritual realm? And, and that's what we want tonight, more than symbolic celebrating of the festival of light. We give thanks to God for families that are passionate. I want to tell you that we have fought the same battle in this house. There are sons who will fight for their house of worship. I know that some would would care less if this church started next week or didn't. But there are sons like the sons of the Maccabees that they're going to fight the battles of the Lord. They're going to light the candle on the altar. They're going to passionately preserve from generation to generation a place of worship. And it's there we didn't finish reading it, but that Psalm 50, verse 23, he says, To them who worship God and order their steps, God will manifest his light to show them great salvation. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So let's ask the ushers to bring the candles out. Um, we are going to light candles here. This represents to you a decision you make to usher into your family the truth of god the the light of god the faithfulness of worship that you walk in god's in a manner that honors god that you no longer walk in darkness that you no longer continue to allow the devil to steal from you one more moment john chapter 1 verse 4 says in him was life and as you met that life that life was the light of men. I, you, you, you know, because we've mentioned this before, when Job is, is arguing with God, he doesn't understand God's dealings, and he says, who is this that darkens my counsel? Are you an expert at God saying one thing and then you do another? And you know how to promote darkness, and you know how to pass it down to your children to make sure they never see the light of his truth? The Bible says if you become intimate with truth, it will set you free. If you passionately worship God, and and again, there's no imposition here. You're not gonna be forced to do what you don't want, but it behooves you. That's a good word. It's in your best interest to allow light to shine, the light of his kingdom, the light of the kingdom of his son. And for many of you, the light has gone out like it did prior to the Feast of Dedication. Can you turn on? woo Can you turn on it once again? That light? Are you going to make a decision tonight? Are you going to let that light go snuff out and, and not exist? You know, what I, I would do is despising the table of the Lord despising the worship despising what is your strength we, we promote so many things we promote so many things as opposed to promoting that which is most awesome all over the city people Either they have no worship or they're worshiping the occult. They're walking in fear. They're walking in idolatry. They're walking unfaithfully. I want to, I want to tell you, I, guys, could you find that verse in 1 Samuel? Look, at, look how important this is. And I, I really want you to receive this in the spirit. I want you to receive this in your spirit. Don't get distracted with the candles. They'll come. But listen to me here. There came a time in the life of David where those men that surrounded him said, We're not going to let you go out there and risk your life anymore. Because we can't afford to let the light of Israel to go out. Some people don't care about the men that God has put in your life to shine forth. They're slinging mud. They're despising it. But these men sit there and say, we're going to have your back. We cannot afford for what you bring to our lives to go out. Because if that darkness takes place, how deep is that darkness going to be? Let's Find that verse, please. It says just like that. We can't afford the light of Israel to go out. And they were talking about that man in their life that, was, that made a difference. That man that spoke truth. That man that was encouraging them to take the land that God had given them. We do a good stuff in snuffing that man's life out in the heart of our children. I was talking to a man yesterday, he says, no, because the church was too judgmental to my children, calling them out on things they were doing wrong. You know where his children are now? They're in nightclub and gay bars. Surrounded by drug addicts, surrounded by demons. And they have snuffed out the light in the life of their children. I said, that's real good. You allowed the devil to offend you in the house of God, so now your children worship at the house of the devil. A house of hypocrites. Put 2 Samuel up there. Next verse. Oh, you guys don't have it yet. Hang on. I'll find it. 2 Samuel twenty-one seventeen. But Abishai, the son of Saruai, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall go out no more with us to battle, lest... You quench the lamp of Israel. I'm telling you something. That God has put sufficient men in this congregation to step it up and to fight the battles of the Lord. The, the, this, this is ridiculous already. We need to light up. This, this cannot be Joaquin's on fire. Pastor's on fire. Pastor's strong. I believe that that God wants to raise up a torch to be seen in the whole world he's given enough grace in this place there's oil in this lamp there's oil in this lamp there's oil in this lamp let's stand tonight as we listen to these songs I want you to ask the Lord Lord I want to be a man that defends the house of worship I want to be a man that leaves a legacy to my children to fight courageously I don't know what you guys are telling your kids are you kidding me Are you telling him an accounting career is what's going to prosper him? Are you telling him his intelligence is prospering him? Are you telling him your inheritance is going to last him? You better teach him to look up to the mountains. Because his help comes from the Lord. His provision is from a faithful God who will never leave him and never forsake him. Our worship needs to be before the Lord and needs to be transparent. I've been part of a church for a long time of parents who have told their kids, shh, don't tell the pastor, shh, don't tell the church, shh, be careful if they find out. That's a good recipe for destruction. Let's go ahead and listen to these words. And I want you to rededicate your temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit that the devil has wanted to slaughter. Turn off the television. Ask God for a vision for these last days for you and your family. Ask the candle, the miraculous oil of one day to last for the rest of your life. Let's go ahead and ask God to come with the reality of His fire. i Just as an act of faith tonight, and I was, I just posted something real powerful. I posted something that said, man and mathematics. It says that a lot of us are doing numbers to calculate limits and equations but faith will always fly higher than the facts. Amen. You guys that are real factual, if you read the facts, you're going to die. But if you walk in faith, you'll live. Amen. It's just crazy. And I want God to renew my faith and not my ability to discover the facts. Amen. I want to take off on the wings of God's purpose for my life because if I would have seen the facts, I wouldn't be standing here this evening. I'm here by the grace of God and because I walk by faith and not by sight. So the light of God coming to our life needs to be a step of faith and I want you to just say one word where you're going to take the light of God into your life where there's darkness. He says this is the testimony, light has come and shined in the midst of darkness. So I want you to just say one word where you want to see this this start of a rededication where you're going to bring light into your life. And we'll start off with Morris. It's one thing. Don't be too sophisticated. Don't be too religious. One thing that you're going to take light into the darkness of your life or into this world, wherever you feel. In other words, you're going to reveal the truth of Christ in an area where you're not revealing it right now where darkness has overpowered you and you're walking in fear and not in faith okay we'll skip you, Nicholas area where you're going to take the light of God into your areas of darkness in your life absolutely, that's a great one thank you sir He's going to take his light to school where he's being dark. He's going to be a light there. Let's all praise God. Hallelujah. Sylvia. At work, she's going to take her light into the business world. Amen. Julieta. In my relationship with family members. Amen. Take that light there. Show the grace. Show the, the goodness of the Lord leads us to repentance. Dr. Molina. Yes. The Bible says our greatest enemy is the fear of death. We bring the light and be bold. We're going to walk from this life to the next glorifying God. Palma. Palma life of his daughter amen the facts say one thing faith will take him somewhere else the power of the light of god to his daughters boldness in this generation we need bold men there's too many cowards out there maria amen amen Bring light into that area. You'll be secure. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Nuri. No te escucho? Eh? Yeah, she's going to bring light and get rid of her bitterness. How many say amen? There's, there's no light in bitterness. Elizabeth? Say it where? Amen. Bringing light amongst her parents. Let that light shine. Good job, Elizabeth. Stephen. Huh? Amongst your friends, you're going to be a light, a reference, be a passionate worshiper, and be faithful to God. Bring that light there. Juergen. Amen. Amen. Guillermo. Absolutely. Everyone around you, just say. Amen. Praise God. Adriana, to my dad, amen. Bring it to your dad. Show your dad what, what God's presence is all about and how beautiful it is in your life. You don't have to be like the other girls. Corey, school, amen. Such a big, and that's even a Christian school too. You know, and, and the way Christians are living, I refuse my sons to hang out with the Christians that are carnal. And carnal Christians are, are destructive. Adriana, man your cousins your family members Megan family members Ariana Diego I mean Juliana your home James your family and who coach teammates little league kids that don't curse kids that don't swear kids that don't get upset and throw tantrums at the referee esta familia acá amen Praise God. A princessa? Amen. Let that light shine, mama. David? Amen. Let them see a godly dad. Amen. They want to see that. Amen. You leave a legacy to those kids. Blas? Amen. You show it in your whole life. Mita. A dark world, that's right. People want to know what Christ all blessed diligence, being faithful. Michelle, your family, amen. Rosie, restoration that light will shine, mama. That light will shine. Leanne, amen. Your thought life there's a lot of darkness in our thoughts, man. One of the things I do in the morning, I grab all my thoughts and just throw them away. I say, God, give me your thoughts. How do you see it? Omar. Amen. Praise God. Uh, George. Amen. An absent father generation needs fathers. We need to show off that light of fatherhood to the nations. Anything like that, Henry? James? Amen. Amen. David? David? Where are you going to bring light to? The whole world, amen. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Brian, your family, amen. Gary, everyone you have a relationship with, that's a great opportunity. Maggie, trust, right? Confidence in the Lord, that's light. And you trust the Lord with all your heart. That, that, that is like people, are, don't you worry? Why do I worry? God has my back. That's a big light. Jose Rivera, pastor. Amen. That's an opportunity and that's a season. So whatever you do. Lorna? Amen. Uh, your nieces. Norma? Amen. Richard? Amen. Just trade it off. Chavi? Absolutely. We have an opportunity with every word. I, I feel kind of foolish how comfortable the world is telling me they're garbage. And and they expect for me not to tell them my good stuff. They get angry. Uh, Melissa? Amen. It's going to be a big challenge. George? All your clients, amen. Everyone you come across, Steffi. That's good. The Bible says, in the area where you have gone through trials, is the area you need to shine in. That's going to be your provision. The area of the burdens you've carried. You can have compassion with the rest. Simone? Simone? Absolutely, man. The kitchen is a dark place, man. How many say amen? That kitchen's a dark place. That light never turns on. El fogon, hay que aprenderlo. Maggie, amigo Manny. Absolutely, You know, that the Manny tells the story of how he cast a shadow on his children for many years, being an atheist and an unbeliever. And now the challenge is, just like he's come to the light, he wants the light to shine on his children. And God will give you that inheritance. God will give you that inheritance. That's according to the heart of God. David? Or is it Peter? Peter. Children and family. Now, Julieta? Now, the Bible says if you're children of light, walk like that. But sometimes our character is dark. So we need to ask God, let's bring this little light. Lord, shine in here a little bit. Hermana? Atrás de Soila? Your house? Amen. Kayla? Amen. To those that don't know what you have, I tell your testimony all over the place. You're a big light. Soila? absolutely that's going to blow them away you know when you guys walk in forgiveness the, the, the unbeliever doesn't understand that, that's huge life, Ivan huh family, Olga man, just bring in, in those dark areas where the devil has had strongholds so many years, you, you just set yourself free there, Emilio Praise God that you guys carry a burden for your family. It's a great burden. Frankie? Absolutely. And if you do that, the devil won't haunt you no more. The devil won't haunt you. He only haunts people that stay in darkness. Yes. Yes. Have you confess that to somebody, okay, you gotta do that. John, and it better be a pastor. In fact, I'll assign Pastor Rivera to that.
1: Light to overcome fear and become
0: a real man. Amen, absolutely. Marvin, family and friends. Who's back there, who is that? It's Chris, okay, Chris. Amen, your obedience will shine with God will make you a warrior. Patricia? Is that Patricia? I know. That's like Raul. Go ahead. Amen. Uh, those women could light fires. I'm telling you. They could keep the fire going. The Bible says the Proverbs 31 woman, she fears no evil in the wintertime because her lamp is lit. She's praying. Who else is back there?